Welcome to Waking Up to Grace. Uh, happy to have you back on board and happy to be here uh, doing some more uh, doing some more of our our teaching. And so today I'm going to be uh, going more into what we didn't finish with um, on uh, when I was talking about our identity in Christ in our last message. And if you didn't have a chance to look at that, you should check it out because I think you'll uh, there's a lot to be gained there. And uh, if, if nothing to be gained, if you already know those things, uh, I still uh, I still think there's a lot to be gained because it's it's just uh, it's just edifying to hear the truth being spoken. So check it out, you know. Um, but anyways, uh, I uh, wanted to hit on Romans six and seven. Because I, I think that it, it has a lot to do with the states um, that we're in and uh, we are in the nature that we have. Um, so a lot of a lot of people believe that we have a sinful nature and it's it's actually became easy to believe because our, our Bible translations were telling us that um, they, they converted the, the Greek word sarks which means the flesh into the sinful nature, because they thought it would be easier to read. This would have been the NIV version, the popular one in the 80s. And uh, so recently, after, after uh, uh, many people recommending it, highly advising them to change that word, they've changed it now to say the flesh. But, uh, you know, you could say the damage is already done, but, uh, you know, God, God willing, you know, there's, there's never any, uh, never any damage that uh, goes outside of his bounds. So not to worry, you know, the, the word, uh, the mistranslation was definitely a, a pretty, pretty crucial issue. I'd say though, if you really, as far as a, a stumbling block, but, you know, uh, the spirit of God will guide people through all these things. And uh, so I don't think it was much of a hindrance. You know, I, I, I think it was just another, you know, just an instance of, of uh, faults of mankind. But there again, I, I still hold to that uh, Christ is in, you can find Christ and find his love in all the major translations in English that I've read. And uh, there's still so much to be gained. So we shouldn't worry so much, you know, let's, let's not turn this into a big, oh, I'm worried because I don't know Greek. I better go study Greek kind of game. You know, thankfully there's uh there's been some people that pointed out the issue and it's been really helpful and more insightful than anything because it just makes everything else make more sense because it was like, we, we have a sinful nature, but we don't, <laughs> you know, it was, it sounded like double talk if you interpreted it that way. So spiritually, I think many people were guided away from that in the first place, but it was there nonetheless. And so, so basically, you know, we, we, as I was talking about in our last uh, episode of uh, about our identity, we don't have a sinful nature anymore. And so we're going to go through Romans 6 and 7 and just talk a little bit more about that, about the the sinful nature, you know, that we did have, and uh, but we don't anymore. And, you know, then the, the workings of the flesh, you know, you have the power of the sin working through our bodies, um, actually, uh, you know, the, the word sin in Greek, uh, the translation would, it's actually interesting. I recently learned that um, it's a noun. It's not, it's not a verb. It's just, it's uh, the power of sin is just this existence. And, and this is what came into existence at the fall of mankind. You know, when Adam and Eve decided uh, not to believe God and uh, we, we, 
I still, still today, many of us fall into these traps of not believing God or, or wanting to uh, just make up our own ways and make up our own uh, systems. So, you know, we should just uh, believe God and see they wanted the knowledge of good and evil. And I think today a lot of, um, you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but I think that uh, a lot of times we go off on these tangents thinking that we know what good and evil is and that we can say that uh, a sovereign God is evil. He's an evil puppet master, for example, because there's no way that uh, he wouldn't give us a free will, such things like that. And that's, you know, that that to me falls hand in hand with wanting to know the hidden wills of God that uh, that were never meant to be revealed to to us. And uh, Paul kind of says that in Romans, you know, that who are you to to question God? You know, and so there's certain things that it's it's very clear that Paul didn't know because he even said, what if, what if he uses, you know, objects of his wrath for the objects of his mercy? So, you know, I apologize you know, to, to you guys out there that you know, are are hung up on the free will error. I'm sorry, I got to say that it is an error. Free will is an error. There is no free will in Scripture. And uh, but uh, you know, if you like the grace message, and and uh, you know, I, I'm not going to be digging into that deeply on this part. I just, I just, uh, it came to mind uh, because this uh, it ties into what we're going to be looking at next. It, it really ties into everything. So unfortunately, you know, when I, when I look at uh, teachers that teach free will, you know, I, that, that message is always tainted by that. And, and if you think that, uh, God's sovereignty taints the message, you're going to see that in a lot of what I teach. Um, but I'm, I, I have to be true to the truth and I have to believe God and I'm not going to argue with God. Uh, about whether his righteousness is righteous or his love is love. And uh, I know that it is because it's living in me and it's living in you too. And uh, like, like I mentioned on our last episode, part of our identity is that we were chosen from the beginning and that he cares about us and he's not going to let us go. Those are all the great things that come from predestination. We are his. We are not going to stop being his. And uh, so we can't really pick and choose those things. Uh, what parts we want to be our own and what parts we want to be his, because we we don't get to just make uh, the powerful choices. We don't get to summons the spirit. We get to make all kinds of choices, but uh, the it's very clear where the power of God and, and how much his sovereignty uh, is over all things. So anyways, let's dig in. So let's, uh, let's look into Romans chapter six. He says, what shall we say then? Are we to remain in sin so that grace may increase? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may live a new life. There's another identity passage, you know, one that we didn't hit. There's so many passages that describe our identity in Christ that it's crazy. So, um, you know, I mean, just listen to this. I mean, he's talking about a spiritual baptism, a baptism where we were immersed uh, into his death spiritually. I mean, that there's an immersion going on there. Our old self went into death with him. We were buried. Uh, with him so that we would live a new life through his resurrection it says i mean that's amazing 
So this is the new life, our new identity. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be united in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old man was crucified with him so that the body of sin would no longer dominate us, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For someone who has died has been freed from sin. So we've died to it and been united with the likeness, in the likeness of his resurrection. The old man was crucified. The old self, the old spirit, our old spirit, it was crucified. We're no longer enslaved to sin. We're free. We're free from that. Now, if Christ died, uh, no, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that since Christ has been raised from the dead, he is never going to die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus, dead to sin. You're dead to it. It's like somebody saying, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. You can say that about sin. You're dead to me. You have no power over me. I'm alive to God. I'm alive to God. You have no power over me. The power of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Every sin, every sin. The wages were death. You were condemned to death, but now you're alive in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. So there's the power of sin working in our flesh. Don't let it reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. And do not present your members to sin as instruments be to be used for unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead. And your members to God as an instrument to be used for righteousness. For sin will have no mastery over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. This isn't a prescription for you. This isn't, this isn't your checklist of things that you have to do now that you've become a Christian. You have to present yourself as an instrument to the holy God. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Like Jesus said, that's your new duty as a Christian under grace. You've been saved by grace. You can't just keep acting the way you were. No, no, that's describing. That's describing what the spirit would teach. All these, these passages are a description so that we know what the spirit is, so that we know what comes from the spirit, so that we can have our minds renewed when we're following the spirit. Oh, this is me following the spirit. Oh, this is me. This is me being distracted by the flesh. This is the flesh. This is the power of the sin working in me. Now I'm in distress. Now I'm crying out for the spirit. This is how we mature. This is how we grow and mature. It's through experience. God's teaching us. We have to know the difference. We ought to know the difference. We must know the difference. <laughs> we should desire these things. We should desire these things. We want to learn more about Jesus. We want to learn more about who's residing in here in our hearts. If that's not the primary thing that we're wanting to learn, what are we trying to learn? What are we, what are we going uh, you know, to, a, to a building every week for so that we can uh, learn self-development skills? And we can be taught that we're dirty, rotten sinners and that you're a dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace. And you can almost see Paul writing his letter. 
to the dirty, rotten sinners in Ephesus that were saved by God's grace, to those filthy, false-believing Galatians who were saved by grace. No, but he said the saints. He said to God's holy people, he wrote his letters. Who were those people? Were they some special category of people, some special group within the member of, of this place, he call, this, uh, this group he calls the church, the called out ones? The ecclesia were those. Was it just some special members that he was writing to, or was it everybody who believed that he called God's holy people? He called them saints. He's he called them sanctified, set apart. Continuing on, the believers in uh, this—that's a heading. Again, look out, beware of headings. I, I've I've fallen for those a few times, and you're like, oh, that heading must have been written by Paul. No, no, the chapters, the headings, the verses, numbers—those those were all put there later for easy reference, and th those can sometimes be a stumbling block. Trust me. Um, so I, I stop reading them. I, I try to stop reading them, but I always get stuck and you're just like, oh, stop reading the heading. It's not, it's not always helpful. Anyhow, what then shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? So here it is. We have a license to sin. Paul addresses that. He addresses these hyper grace teachers that are teaching hyper grace. They believe in hyper grace. So, yeah, I guess I, I guess we're a, I'm a hyper grace ministry because I believe that grace is hyper because it's way bigger than we can imagine, way better, way bigger than anything that's uh, you know definable. It's it's huge. So sorry about that. Sorry if it's a little hyper. Uh, but he says uh, to that he concludes, shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? Absolutely not. Do you not know that if you present yourselves as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves to sin, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching you were entrusted to. And having been freed from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. Paul says, I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free with regard to righteousness. So what benefit did you then reap from those things that you are now ashamed of? You're ashamed of those things now. Those aren't you. You don't want those things, he's trying to say. For the end of those things is death. But now, freed from sin and enslaved to God, you have your benefit, leading to sanctification. And the end is eternal life. For the payoff of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he's talking about leading to sanctification. But we are sanctified, just to be clear. And just to be clear, Paul knew that because he wrote in Corinthians. Corinthians 1, 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth, those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints with all those in every place who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. 
And then 1 Corinthians 6.11, again, he says, Some of you once lived this way, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Sanctified. Sanctified to be set apart. So in, in the other passages he was leading, uh, um, you have your benefit leading to being set apart. And the end is eternal life. You've been set apart. You've been called out. In the church, you are the you are called out. So sanctification and uh, you know being part of the church—it's all being set aside and called out. Those are those are all things that have been done and are being done. It's just a it's just it's happening and happening, but it's already happened. You have a head start. You've already been made clean. You've already been cleansed, and your mind is being renewed. Okay. So here it is. Uh, here's where people, you know, can really get hung up on the sinful nature and say, no, 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 we have a sinful nature. We're dirty and rotten because even Paul was. Paul said he was. You know, so so that's uh, let's take a look at Romans seven, the law and sin. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. So what is he describing here? He's describing Paul under law. He's describing Paul under law. And hold on, I got to just make a note. Sorry, I got to pause for a minute. I got to make a note of something I want to mention at the end here. Okay, it just came to my mind. Don't want to miss that. So he's describing Paul under law. And he said, for apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the law commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. He's talking about himself as a Pharisee. He says, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment deceived me. And through the commandment, put me to death. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it, is used, it, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Think about the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus speaking under law, under the context of law. This is Paul under the context of law. This is the old Paul. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am spiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. See, he's unspiritual. Why would he be saying that? That's not his identity. That's not the new identity he teaches. Again, context. He's talking about himself under law. Not his self now. He says, I sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. There it is. Good does not dwell in me and in my sinful nature. 
People think that he's speaking about that in the present moment and who he is in Christ, and he's not. This is Paul under law. He's speaking about when he was under law. He's trying to give you a picture of what he was under law. He's not under law anymore. He's under grace. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do, the evil I do not want to do. Then I that I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. This is not Paul under grace. It's not Paul under grace. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And here it comes. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So who can deliver him from that? Jesus Christ. So that's Romans chapter 7. Jesus Christ delivers us from these things. This is Paul under law. Paul had a sinful nature and that's gone now. He's no longer a slave <laughs> to the law of sin. He tells us that he's not. He just told us that in chapter 6. So why would he be telling us he is in chapter 7? He's not. He's not. He's using it as an example. He's going back. He's using it as an example. you got to look at context. we got to look at things in light of the finished work of Christ. We don't have a sinful nature any longer. So I just wanted to sum things up real quickly here. So in, the, in some of my past teachings, I've, I've taught how we're born again and how that's a natural process. We didn't choose to be born on this earth and we didn't choose to become born spiritually. It just, it happened. And we look back on it and some of us see it differently. Some of us think that we chose it. Others realize we didn't choose it. Um, it's, it's error to, to think that, that, uh, something good resided in you when you had the sinful nature enough to choose good, you, that's an action and, uh, you making a decision. That's a, that's a, that's at work. You can't, you can't do that. So anyhow, you were born again naturally. And when you're born into a family, if, if you, if you were to say that I, that's not my father, that doesn't change who you are. So can a believer ever fall away? Even if you have a bad day and you start questioning, you start thinking, is this all really what it's supposed to be? Am I, what, if, what if it isn't true? What if you start questioning yourself? And as you mature, those, those thoughts, they start to kind of just drift away, I'd say. But that doesn't say that it's not going to cross your mind again under a hard time. You can't change who you are. You weren't born, you, you were born again. You were chosen from the beginning. God gave you spiritual birth. You were born spiritually, and now you stay that way. You can't be unborn. You can't change your family. You can't change the DNA God gave you. He changed you. The changes he made are permanent. You can't give yourself a new heart transplant and go back to the flesh. 
you're stuck with this new nature, the divine nature of God. And so embrace it, deal with it, love it, embrace it. You were chosen. You are good. You are righteous. You are a child of God. You may fall into some bad actions, but that's not who you are. And so we should act like ourselves. Let's act like ourselves and let's encourage each other to do so. And let's, let's be honest about who we are. Let's be honest with others about who they are. Amen, you guys. I hope you have a good uh, good day out there. And thanks for finishing up this, uh, this talk about our sinful nature. And uh, look forward to doing some more in the future. Don't forget, I uh, almost forgot to mention, check out our website. We're on, we're on YouTube and Facebook. And uh, you can even find us on Rumble. But uh, don't forget to check out our website at wakinguptograce.com. That's going to be one of one of my favorite uh, my favorite uh, workings uh, that I'm uh, you know that I'm working on. I, I love uh, building up our website, and I'm looking forward to doing that and continuing that. And there's some good stuff on there now to check out. So thank you for joining Waking Up to Grace Ministries. Have a good day out there, guys. Amen.